Blog Talk Radio. Divisional Playoff Preview. So, earlier this week, we decided to break down the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Kansas City Chiefs, and tonight we're going to break down the remaining three games and get some additional thoughts on the Steelers and Chiefs as we get to the end of the week. My name is Hakun Wong. I am the Editor-in-Chief at Football Garbage Time, and with me is Ryan Whitfield, Senior Staff Writer for Football Garbage Time. Ryan, I know you're a little bit under the weather, but welcome back. How you feeling? Yeah, I'm uh, hanging in there. I got a I got a little green tea over here to get me through the show. So. <laughs> well, I can tell you, I was at the Knicks Bulls game last night, and everybody had the freaking flu last night. You know, Jimmy Butler, Nikolai Meritich, uh, uh, Porzingis. I'm like, these guys got to stop sharing their towels or something because I don't know what they're doing in the locker room, but they're passing that stuff around. <laughs> and and even yeah, your it's, boy, uh, it's, it's going around the flu too. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, I think it's because you were hanging out, out with the one, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, you and Blunt hanging out, and uh, he managed to give you the flu. Well, take that, you know. You guys, you guys had everything else going for you, so the, the, so the flu is not so bad in the overall scheme of things. All right, we got a lot to talk about today. Let's go ahead and get right to it. We're going to cover all the divisional playoff games, so let's just go ahead and get started. So the first game that we're going to be covering is the Seattle Seahawks, the third seed in the NFC, versus the Atlanta Falcons, the second seed in the NFC. This game will be at 4.35 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. Now, these two teams have already met once this season, and the Falcons were defeated uh, by the Seahawks 26-24 at CenturyLink Field back in Week 6. Uh, of course, they're very different teams coming into the playoffs. So tell me, what do you think here, Ryan, about the Seahawks and the Falcons? Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Um, you know, I, I obviously have been long stated on the show for talking about Matt Ryan's shortcomings in the in the big games. Um, you know, his his playoff record's one and four through his first five postseason games. Um, interestingly enough, I, I believe his only win was against the Falcons. Uh, I mean, against the Seahawks a couple years back. Um, but he is, you know, he's, he's one and four in, in worst. You know, he's a 95 passer rating in the regular season, he's an 85 passer rating in the postseason. So. Um, you know, I think, I, I think in this game it's incumbent that he just plays a smart game where he doesn't um, turn the ball over a lot. Um, on the other side of the ball, you know, I don't. I think that we've all kind of realized to this point that the Falcons' defense aren't. Um, you know, they're not going to shut you down, but they but they do make plays. Um, I think Vic Beasley against uh, that that uh, atrocious Seattle offensive line um, could have a big game. And um, mm-hmm. you know, without Will Thomas and being on the road. I think I think there's a lot of chances um, for for the Falcons to really uh, attack them um, down the seams, uh, attack that Seahawks defense down the seams. Um, you know, it, it, you remember the ending play uh, when they met earlier this season uh, in that controversial play where Julio um, yeah. Jones thought he was interfered with, but yeah, of course that was Sherman. But there was also Earl Thomas right there. And again, as we've stated and probably overstated to this point in the season, um, that there is no Earl Thomas there now. So. Um, you know, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's a much, a completely different matchup with just the state of the Seahawks are in right now and the fact that they're on the road. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I agree. It's going to be a, it's going to be a really 
interesting game. It's one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most of this weekend because I think there's going to be a lot on the line here and a lot for the Seahawks to prove. Because remember, although the Seahawks are known in their secondary as the Legion of Boom, they are no longer with Earl Thomas, and they are hardly booming anymore. I mean, they are only 13th against the pass, according to DVOA and Football Outsiders. And as I mentioned last week, with Thomas, they allowed a passer rating of only 77.8, but without Thomas, they've allowed a passer rating of 99.5. And Matt Ryan, although we keep waiting for him to implode, as we've been talking about from week to week, he's actually been very solid. I mean, he's been solid all, all year round, and he's been solid away and home. And last time, they only lost by two points on, as you said, a controversial call at the end of the, at the, end of the game between Jones and uh, Richard Sherman. And I, I think that they just have enough that they can probably pull this out at home because they're going to be, there's just such a role and, and the defense there without Earl Thomas is going to be a real problem. Plus, I really do think that the uh, Seahawks offensive line is not that good. Uh, and they're going to, and although uh, we had a really big outburst from Thomas Rawls last week, 161 yards against uh, uh, at home, I, I don't think that, uh, I just don't think it's going to get going as well against the Falcons. And I think by game script, just they're going to have to throw a lot more. Uh, and I don't have a lot of confidence that Russell Wilson is going to be able to do that. Now, the other thing is that I have to say that Matt Ryan has been on fire at the end of the year. He's thrown 11 touchdowns, no interceptions in his past four games. And this Falcons offense has scored at least 28 points in its last in uh, its past six games uh, and nine of its last ten. So it's, he's, they're really on fire. And Julio Jones is now completely healthy. Uh, I really think there's going to be a, a big shootout, but I think it's going to be a tough game for, uh, for the Seahawks to pull out on the road. So let me tell you what the odds are right now. The over-under for this game actually started at 49.5. It's up to 51.5 now. It has a, almost the highest over-under, just a half point under the Green Bay-Dallas game. And the Atlanta Falcons are favored by 4.5. Uh, who do you think is going to prevail in this game, Ryan? Yeah, I'm taking the Falcons. Um, I think they'll, they'll, they'll go, the, the, the teams combined will go over. Um, I, I don't have the Falcons covering um, the, the four and a half. I, I, well, I have the Seahawks covering on the loss there. Um, I, I, I have it 28-24. Um, I think, you know, we, we talked about the Matt Ryan implosion. I just think that this matchup at home is too good for them, um, and we'll see the implosion uh, next week in the NFC Championship. <laughs> right, so it's going to come eventually. But you're right, I don't think it's going to come this weekend. I think he's going to roll. I actually think that Mahomes Sanu is going to be sneaky good this weekend, but Richard Sherman probably trying to keep – uh, trying to try to shut down Julio Jones, he was kind of embarrassed about letting him get 137 yards on a touchdown last time around, um, yeah, even with Earl Thomas there. So I think they're going to focus on taking Julio Jones out of the game. I think that there's too much firepower in Atlanta, and they play well at home. I think they win. I think they cover the four and a half point spread. All right, so that basically takes us to the uh, end of that game. Let's go on to the next game, and that is the Houston Texans against your New England Patriots. Uh, it's unbelievable that the, that the Houston Texans are actually the four seed in the AFC. But the Patriots, that's no surprise that they're one seed. This game, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Last time they played, the, the Patriots had their uh, third-string quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, out there behind center. And the Texans had their all-star, all-pro J.J. Watt out there on defense. And they were still shut out 27-0. So uh, tell me, Ryan, is there any hope for the Texans this weekend? Is this going to be a complete drubbing by the Patriots? What do you think? So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very superstitious uh, Patriots fan. I wear, um, I wear my same uh, red throwback Brady jersey every week. Um, I get in the same, uh, you know, 
uh, take a knee type position that you all, that we all took playing football growing up on every third down with a football tucked under my arm. Um, so I, I hate having to pick Patriot games in the postseason because I don't want to jinx it. Um, so I'm going <laughs> right. to knock on wood here. But with that said, I don't see any way that Houston uh, keeps up with the Patriots in this game. Um, I just the thing that constantly frustrates me about Houston um, that I always have to come back to is, you know, and it was on the broadcast last week again, you just hear how good Jadavion Clowney is. Um, just like you've heard for years how great J.J. Watt is and how, how great and all these playmakers on the defense and all these guys they have on the defense. And I, I, my, the thing that always frustrates me when I hear that is just how bad um, the AFC South is. Um, to me, the AFC South is, is borderline a college conference. Um, I, I think <laughs> not, not just from team standpoints. Um, I just, if, if you look across the board, I mean, there's really, especially with the way Allen Robinson played this year, there's one legit receiver in the AFC South who, who the Texans are going up against six weeks this year, and that's T.Y. Hilton. Um, you only have one real established, good professional quarterback at this point, and I know Mariota's going to come up, but um, it's really just Andrew Luck. Um, when you look across the board at running backs, you, you only really have DeMarco Murray in, in Tennessee. So, you know, I, I guess my point here is that, you know, Jadavian Clowney has six sacks this year, and, that's, and there are a lot of presses of how he's really come on the last three weeks. Well, congrats. He had sacks against the Colts, the Titans, and, and the Jags, one each week. You know, I just I don't put any stock in that. Um, and I hear about what a dominating game he had last week. Go back and look at the play he made on Connor Cook. And it was nice for him to, to, to follow up with it and catch it. But Connor Cook basically air, uh, threw that right, at, right to his hands. Um, any, any quarterback with any semblance of, of, of being able to read the play would have looked at that and said, oh, this is covered and gone anywhere else, but not Connor Cook. You know, I'm going to whip it over here anyways right at the, at the six foot two um, defensive end, and, and they're six foot five, and Clowney goes up and tips that ball up. So um, I think him, like J.J. Watt, is always vastly overrated. I think they rack up a lot of stats against a lot of crap opponents, um, and I think that, you know, every time they've come to Foxborough, it's panned out. Um, I think uh, the average margin of victory for the Patriots has been two-plus touchdowns the four times that Houston's come here. Um, and mm-hmm. I think we'll see a lot the same again. You know, again, there's 27 nothing in week three with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. This time you got Tom Brady out there, um, and the defense for the Patriots is playing better. And, and you know, you got Osweiler out there in, in a tough playoff environment. I just – I don't see any way um, – the, the, I guess the, the, the only way I can see – Houston making a game, and I heard somebody say this earlier this week, so I won't take credit for this take, although I forget who it was. But the only way the the Texans have any shot is if they do what the Ravens did in 2009 to the Patriots, where they come out and Lamar Miller takes it 85 yards to the house in the first run play, and then Brady has turnovers on back-to-back plays on the first two drives, and all of a sudden, before the Patriots <laughs> can even figure out what happened, it's 21 nothing. And even then, I think they win. I just don't think they cover the spread. So um, yeah, I think yeah, it's gonna I, be I, I think it's gonna be a butt whooping. Right, right. I, I kind of, I can tell you, if it was twenty-one nothing at the half, uh, and the Texans were winning, I'd still put my money on the Patriots. So, uh, I don't, I don't, I think they'd have to get, get a little higher than that, even. So, uh, I agree with you. I mean, the, the problem is that, you know, I'm not so worried about the Houston Texans defense. I actually think their defense is legit. They're fifth against the pass by DVOA. Uh, Football Outsiders, Jadavian Clowney, John Simon has been good. Whitney Merciless has been pretty solid. Um, you know they they've been they've been good on defense. I I think that that will not be the what loses them the game. Uh, I think what will lose them the game is Brock Osweiler. I mean he did look okay on Saturday, uh, this past Saturday, but he is just he's just not solid. I mean the fact of the matter is he makes a lot of poor decisions. Uh, he's a big guy, he's athletic, but he's just not very accurate. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has, re- has regressed dramatically. It's unclear whether it's the quarterback or him. 
but there's been serious regression there. I thought this receiving core would be dynamite with Will Fuller. He is underperformed, has not done anything since week four. Uh, there's a huge problem here. Osweiler's line is not good. Uh, quite frankly, um, he's he's just, just not a good quarterback. And I think everyone knows that he doesn't work well under pressure. In fact, he owns the NFL's worst total QBR against the Blitz in the regular season. And I think that's going to be a problem. And I think the Patriots know that. I think everyone knows that. You put a little pressure on Osweiler, and he's going to make a bad decision. So at the end of the day, you know, I just don't think there's anything that they can do. Uh, I think that the Patriots are just too hot. They're too good. They're good. They're good at home. They did it before without their main main players and against J.J. Watt. I just can't see anything being different this time. Right now, the over-under is 45, and the Patriots are favored by 16. Whew, that is the largest margin of victory uh, that is uh, predicted by uh, Vegas this weekend. So what do you think, Ryan? Who's going to win this game? Will they cover the spread? Yeah, I think, I think the Patriots um, – I'm taking the over – because I think the Patriots clo- uh, hang up close to 40 points themselves, um, and I, I, you know, I'm taking I'm taking the Patriots covering that point spread. I think I think the biggest point uh, again, not an original take here, but one of the best articles I read this week was um, the biggest challenge for the Texans is to come into Gillette and to beat the Patriots. The biggest uh, the biggest thing you need, and and you've seen it the last two teams that have done it, um, are being the Ravens uh, twice or three times the Ravens. Uh, or sorry, twice the Ravens and once the Jets. Um, you have to you have to hate the Patriots, and whether it's just all the old personnel over there in Houston, or just the fact that they're a soft franchise, which I think it's more the latter. Um, they just respect the Patriots too much, and they don't hate them enough. So, yeah, so I I, I agree. I think this is the going to be a problem. I think the Texans are lucky to be this far in the playoffs. I actually didn't think they'd make it past the Raiders, even with Connor Cook. So you can already tell how I feel about the Texans headed by Brock the Bust Osweiler. Uh, I think there's no way that they uh, that they uh, cover the spread. I think New England is going to actually destroy the spread of 16 points. Uh, I think I would even take the over on 44. All the points coming from the Patriots, I don't see why they they won't perform big. I know that for a fact that uh, after three quarters, if they're up by three scores, we'll probably see a ton of LeGarrette Blunt. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets into the end zone twice this weekend. Uh, as a side note, the Patriots are uh, have the highest percentage chance of winning the Super Bowl this year. They're at 32.9%. The Houston Texans have the lowest percentage chance for winning the Super Bowl at this point at 0.5%. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm securely picking the Patriots this week, and I think that they will handily cover the spread. All right, so with that said, uh, let's go ahead and ring the bell on that one, and let's move on to our next game. So our next game is, uh, we're going to take this one kind of out of order, so to speak, because uh, it was originally in order, because it was going to be the 105 game on uh, on Sunday. But because of bad weather, this Pittsburgh Steelers and Kansas City Chiefs game has been moved to 8.20 p.m., still on NBC, on Sunday. So the number three Pittsburgh Steelers go to the number two Kansas City Chiefs. They go to play at Arrowhead. Oh, boy. So I already broke this one down earlier in the week, so everyone's heard me talk about this enough, and I have an article up on the website that breaks this down with tons and tons of stats. So let's just turn to you right away, Ryan. Tell me, what are your thoughts on the Steelers at the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, we're uh, we're, re- we're pushing games back because of weather now in the NFL. That's a joke. <laughs> um, but I, I just I, – I think Pittsburgh on a neutral field or a home field is a better team. I just don't love them on the road. Um, 
I'm really torn because I think that these two teams have been a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde this season. Um, I, I think, you know, we've talked about it all year long that the Pittsburgh dominates at home, but then they're capable of going out on the road and getting blown out by double digits to the Dolphins or going, uh, going you know, even just a couple hours away to Philly and getting their doors blown in by a, by a bad Philadelphia team, um, even if we thought they were good at that point in the season. Um, so, you know, I, I see that with them, but then I also look at the, the Kansas City Chiefs and look at a team who, because of the car injury, lucked out and was able to, to secure uh, the AFC West title. But before they knew that was going to happen, they lost at home to, to Tennessee. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a little bit of instability in both teams. Um, I think what it comes down to for me here um, in this game more than anything is going to be the coaching. Um, I, I, I think that Andy Reid's a better playoff coach than, than Tomlin is. Um, I know there was a lot of uproar over Bradshaw's comments, but I've always thought that about Tomlin, that he's more of a, a rah-rah guy than X's and O's. And he's a, he's a great motivator, and he's always had some good coordinators under him um, who scheme up the right amount of things. Um, but I think Andy Reid can coach circles around him uh, unless it comes down to managing the game clock in the final, the final quarter of a football game. Um, so I, I think in that, in that regard, you have the edge there. And then when you have a good defense, and you have the and you have you know one of the hardest uh, stadiums to play in in the NFL. Um, I think that bodes well for Kansas City. I think the weather will be a factor. Um, I think it'll neutralize. I think they're going to see on both sides a lot of sense wear and a lot of a lot of lady on Bell. Um, but at the end of the day, I just think that you know the the weather can equalize and slow down a little bit what the Steelers do as well as um, over the last. Uh, last three or four years now, and I don't again, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but um, Ben Roethlisberger is a is a really really bad road quarterback. Um, the last couple of years, he's not he's not been good on the road. You put him on the road in bad weather conditions against a good defense, you know, I think I think you have to you have to trust that uh, that the Kansas City can get this one done. Yeah, so I uh, so I did spend a lot of time breaking this one down earlier in the week in uh, in another episode of our podcast and. So, you know, it's interesting because these guys also met before in week four. The Chiefs were destroyed 43-14. to 14. Ben Roethlisberger put up five touchdowns. But as you said, that was at Heinz Field. This is Arrowhead. And I remember, if I remember correctly, you chastised me for picking the Raiders against the Chiefs earlier in the season because they played at Arrowhead. Don't bet against the Chiefs in Arrowhead, you said, and you were right. Uh, the Chiefs are, are pretty good at home. And unfortunately for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger is a bad away from home. As I mentioned last time, his uh, passer rating goes from 116.7 at home to 78.4 away in 2016, and he had similar numbers in 2015. 20 touchdowns to five interceptions at home, nine touchdowns to eight interceptions away. So Ben Roethlisberger, not good away from home. I don't know what the problem is. Like I said, I don't know if it's field conditions, weather, fan support comfort level, something psychological. I don't know what it is, but it certainly does impact him, and this is real. This split is real. Chiefs defense is good, and really, I am excited about watching Tyreek Hill. I mean, the fact of the matter is that one touch, and he can change the entire game, and he does everything. He catches the ball, runs the ball, returns kicks, returns punts. Basically, every time he touches the ball, uh, he is a threat to score. So I I really think that there's a lot of dynamic dynamic, uh, playmakers on offense now, that the Chiefs didn't typically have, uh, particularly after losing Jamal Charles for the whole year and actually really for two years. So this is going to be an interesting game, but I think that uh, at home it's going to be hard to beat the Chiefs. But let me go ahead and give you the numbers. Right now the over-under stands at 44.5, and the Chiefs are actually favored 
by just one and a half points. And remember that normally handicappers will give three points just for being at home. So really, they think that the Steelers are the better team and that the Chiefs are only going to be able to beat them because they're at home. So what do you think here, Ryan? Who's going to win this game and will they cover the spread? Yeah, with the with the with the weather, I'm pounding the under in this game. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs covering um, 20 in a 20 to 17 victory. Um, you know, I I think I I'm pretty sure I mentioned this last week. Yeah, I'm a little uh, dazed from uh, being sick all week, but um, right. you know, uh, I will. I know that I, I I tend to to try to take some controversial takes on the show sometimes. So I, I won't pass up a chance as long as the Chiefs are still in it. Um, to make this known that, uh, you know, I know there was no video like the Ray Rice thing, but Tyreek Hill did, uh, you know, did, did, did kind of go under the radar into the draft this year because of the fact he beat his pregnant girlfriend. So poetic justice would be uh, Mike Tomlin um, stepping out on a, on a special team's return and taking the guy's knee out. So I, I'm rooting for that, and I'm rooting for, uh, I'm rooting for my, my prediction of a 2017 uh, win for the Chiefs, and the, the Chiefs come to Foxborough uh, minus Tyreek Hill. Oh, interesting. That's very interesting. Well, I, I mean, you know what? I had forgotten about that, and that is actually really interesting because it's something usually I – it was big news that kind of was kind of swept under the rug because Tyree Kill was not an issue – actually, was not in the limelight at all until about five or six weeks ago uh, when he started just basically becoming the entire offense for uh, the Chiefs. So that is interesting. I think that the Chiefs will win this. I think they will cover the spread. It is essentially a pick em as far as the spread is concerned. Uh, I agree with you. I will take the under – uh, but just barely, just barely at the under. Maybe a, maybe something like a 23-20 to 20 type game uh, with the Chiefs winning. All right, so let's go ahead and ring the bell on that one and move on to our final game of the week, and that is arguably going to be my favorite game of the week to watch, and that is going to be the number four Green Bay Packers at the number one seed Dallas Cowboys. That will be at 4.40 p.m. Eastern time. It will be on Fox. Wow, so there's a lot to talk about in this game because I think there's so much as far as uh, game changers on both sides. What do you think, Ryan? How, what are your thoughts on the Packers and the Cowboys? Yeah, and my, my thoughts are, you know, if Aaron Rodgers continues to play the level he's been playing at, um, then I don't think you can bet against him. Um, you know, I think he's really the X factor this this week. Um, you know, I'm, cer- I'm certainly not the only one to make a point of this, but, um, you know, there's been a lot of, press their publicity over the, the Hail Mary throw last week, when really the most impressive play um, was the play where he, uh, in the red zone, where he stretched out the play for about 10 seconds before he found, and I forget if it was Adams or Cobb, but he found one of them in the back of the end zone after dancing around the pocket for, for about five or six seconds. Um, if, he's, if he's playing like that, then, then you're not going to beat him um, with or without Hail Mary. So, I think that's the expected there, and I think this is the game that everybody wants to see. Um, you know, it's time to see if Dak and uh, Elliott can actually produce in the playoffs. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting um, to, to see how those guys, if they hit their rookie wall or if the moment's too big for them against the guy who's playing out of his mind right now. Um, you know, the matchup certainly favors them. They're at home. Um, they have an amazing offensive line. They're going against, uh, uh, you know, subpar defense. You know, if I was handicapping it, um, I'd probably put the Packers as the worst defense. Uh, left in the postseason, it's, it's them with Pittsburgh, mm-hmm, right? right two. Um, so you know you have that matchup, and I think that bodes well for the Cowboys. Uh, on the other hand, there's a there's a part of me that you know I, I tend to root against um, the general public's interest because I tend to think that what everybody wants is the annoying option. Um, and so for the last the last playoff run, I was, I was big on the Cowboys, 
um, because some Cowboys fans are defeated over Romo. I just wanted to see Romo go out there and prove people he could do it. Um, mm-hmm. Now, for whatever reason, maybe it's because they got the two rookies. Um, all, the, all the boisterous Cowboys fans are back acting like they've been here the last 20 years um, when they haven't even won a, you know, a very important game yet. So uh, for the schadenfreude element of it, I'd, uh, I'd love to see the, uh, Elliot and uh, Prescott go out there and absolutely melt down and Aaron Rodgers to blow them out in Dallas. So uh, that's, that's what I'm looking for on uh, this weekend. Okay, well, I can, I can say this. You know, last time these guys met, um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott uh, basically um, basically destroyed them. And, and I'm quite frankly, I, I have a feeling that at this point in time, you know, if you look at what composes this Cowboys team, the, the Elliott has the fifth uh, yards per carry after contact, 1.96 yards. He's well-rested. Um, you know, their game plan is to just pound Ezekiel Elliott and – Quite frankly, the the fact of the matter is that if you look at the Green Bay Packers defense, we used to think their rush defense was good. It actually isn't. It's been exposed. It's uh, 14th by DVOA. Their pass defense is even worse, 22nd. Um, you know, they're just not doing well on defense, and I agree with you 100% that it's really probably the worst defense that's left uh, in the playoffs, and I think that's going to be a problem because as much as I think this might be big, maybe too big for Dak Prescott, He's had a lot of big games in college. I know it's not the same as the NFL, but he can perform. And quite frankly, the Packers defense has allowed 269.3 yards of passing per game during the regular season, which is the second most in the NFL. Uh, I see Des Bryant getting going. I see even Jason Witten and Cole Beasley getting going a little bit. Um, I see Dak Prescott being able to make conservative passes downfield and Ezekiel Elliott keeping the ball in their side uh, on, on offense and, and not allowing Aaron Rodgers to do as much damage as they would like to do. Um, I know no Jordan, no Jordy Nelson is, is not an issue because he went out and he still dominated with Devante Adams and Randall Cobb coming back from the dead. But, you know, Jordy Nelson is a big part of that team, and that was part of the reason why they weren't successful last year is that they didn't have Jordy Nelson. Uh, so I really think that this puts them at a little bit of a disadvantage. Aaron Rodgers is absolutely hot, and, of course, I'm biased. I hate the Packers, but I think it's going to be a tough one for the Packers to pull off on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. But let me give you the numbers. Right now the over-under is 52. It's the highest over-under, total over-under uh, of the weekend. And Dallas is favored by four and a half. And, again, as I said, Three of that is given uh, is spotted to them because they're at home. So it's going to be a close game, according to uh, to uh, uh, line pundits. So what do you think, Green Bay Packers or Dallas Cowboys, and will they cover the spread? Yeah, so I think uh, I might be rooting with my heart here, but I'm going to take the Packers 27-16. Um, I think uh, Dom Capers going to play a little bend but don't break wow. defense. Um, I think they're going to turn over Prescott a couple times. Um, when, when he is called upon, and uh, I think Zeke's going to put the ball on the ground once. So um, I'd, wow. love, I'd love for the Cowboys fans to uh, to walk out of there jaw jaw slacked and uh, heartbroken. Um, and then again, I just what it really comes down to for me is that I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers when he's on a run like this, you just don't bet against him. And the last time we saw him on a run like this was t- was 2010. So um, and we know how that year ended. So I- I'm taking Green Bay. Yeah, so, I mean, I will agree with the fact that Aaron Rodgers is probably the hottest quarterback in the NFL right now. Even, dare I say, hotter than Tom Brady at this point of the season. 
Uh, like I said last week, from week 11 on to the end of the regular season, fifth best completion percentage, second best passer rating in the league, and over his last six games, he threw 15 touchdowns without a single interception. He looks locked in, but I do think is a different offense without Jordy Nelson when you can plan for it. I do think that the Dallas Cowboys defense is not as bad as we think, and I do think that the Packers defense is as bad as we think. At home, I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys. But I think the Green Bay Packers will keep it close enough that they, uh, that, they, uh, that they will cover. They will not be able to cover the spread. I think this will be a very close game that's decided by a field goal or less. All right, so that's all the time we have. Uh, so let's go ahead and ring the bell on our last game. Okay, let's move on. Uh, so any last thoughts about the divisional playoffs before we sign off, Ryan? Yeah, Hopefully they're um, better than the wild card games. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully. Although the, the way you're uh, the way you're picking it, you look like King Daddy in our our pick'em league, taking all the home teams again. You guys got to pick one upset a week. Um, well, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it worked be... out for me last week. <laughs> it didn't work out at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I took the one upset. I guess you should have taken the home. No, I just I think the interesting thing will be the last uh, the last three years we've had the one seed in each uh, conference go to the Super Bowl, um, and ten out of the twelve conference championship teams. Um, of 10 out of the last 12 conference championship teams have been uh, been uh, the one or two seed. We've only had two four oh. seeds in that time. So, um, All right. so that, I think that'll be interesting if that if that holds serve again. Well, it'll be interesting to me. It'll be interesting to see what happens. This will really shape up who ends up in the Super Bowl. So it's, uh, it's the end of our time again. So just go ahead and give us your uh, Twitter handle so people can follow you, Ryan. Yeah, at Ryan Whitfield, N-E, come follow me gloating Saturday night. <laughs> All right. And uh, you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. And until the next time, enjoy the divisional playoff games, and we'll see you after that to break down the AFC and NFC conference. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about the Pro Bowl. Hooray! <laughs>